Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. Today, we're going to be chatting with Lisa Whittle. She's an author, writer, and she's providing us a God-centered solution for when we feel weak. Look, you know, our human brain and our human strength has an expiration date to it. And so we can try to, like, brave ourselves into something But at the end of the day, you know, some days we're going to feel really good and strong. I mean, we're going to wake up and feel like we can tackle the day. And then some days, and it might even be in the, in the, in the span of the same day, right? Like we're in a fetal position in our closet, you know, crying our eyes out over the hot mess that we are and the world is, and how can we protect our children? I mean, it's going to take more than that. And so this is about being Jesus strong. This is about, and that's not just like a phrase that I've come up with that's, I mean, God tells us to be that we are able, not because of us, not because I've got a strong personality type, but this is for anybody. This is for the most, the person that feels the very weakest in the room. It's because of his confidence in himself. So I tend towards a weak place. Like when I'm overwhelmed by the boy's behavior and circumstances, I withdraw into weakness and I have to choose to remember the Holy Spirit in me and the power that God has given me. And I also need to be around people like Lisa Whittle who remind me of truth and scripture and just that God is strong enough for the two of us. So I am praying that if you are someone who tends toward weakness, that her words can empower you today, that they can strengthen you, that her experience and perspective will be a mentorship to you. I went and saw This kind of seems random, but I went and saw Cars 3 with my boys this weekend. And one of the themes of the movie, they all loved it, but one of the themes is um, mentorship, where Lightning McQueen ends up mentoring um, a younger car. And I just, I loved it. And it reminded me, you know, there are always people a step ahead of you. And it is such a gift if you are that person a step ahead to use your experience, even your weaknesses, you know, sometimes we can hold mentors up on a pedestal. We we get discouraged when we see that they actually have uh, weaknesses, but you know what? We all do. And it's more about the mentor helping the mentee be the best version of themselves and pass on on what they've learned on the journey. So, you know, at the end of this episode, I am going to announce the Summer of Mentorship It's uh, while I take my sabbatical, I'm going to be re-releasing some episodes of the podcast, uh, focusing in on women who will mentor you July and August. It's a good time, too, if you're thinking about a podcast club to start one of those. So details at the end of this episode. Speaking of mentors, this last week, I, Bruce and I had a little coaching session with Lynn Jackson of Connected Families, such a fan of her and her husband's work over there. And she was helping me with a situation where I was feeling weak. I was The boys were all going nutso in the car. They had a, a friend was in the car and it just like shifted all the dynamics. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I felt very out of control. And she just helped me get a plan and have perspective. And I was thinking about how much they've helped me also in the area of conflict in our home. You know, conflict happens more than I'd like. But I am thankful to have tools and have a plan and have perspective that this is a good thing because I'm helping my boys learn reconciliation, a concept that will help them in the long run in all of their relationships. And the peace process is their method, the 
Jacksons have put together this sibling conflict course. It's five sessions. You have access to it whenever you want to watch it. You could sit on the couch with your husband. It's five sessions, but you can break it up into little bits. Watch it here or there. You have um, access unlimited, like forever, eternity, but you have to sign up by June 30th. And if you want to sign up, go over to godcentermom.com backslash siblings and you will just be amazed how it will help bring more peace to your home. I mean, come on. Who doesn't want a little more peace? Speaking of peace, let's get to my conversation with Lisa. Here we go. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the God-Centered Mom podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Heather. You know, our paths have crossed in different online places. We have never met face-to-face, but I know I like what I see about you. I mean, oh. you, you love God. Your, your one of your books was I Want God. So <laughs> <laughs> being the God-Centered Mom podcast, I think I think you fit right in with our community. <laughs> so thanks for taking time to chat with us today. And I always love before um, we chat for the, the gal listening to get to know you a bit. So would you introduce her to your family? Yes, absolutely. So um, let's see. I've been married for almost 22 years. Uh, and... We have three children. The two oldest are boys. They are 19 and 16. And then my youngest is 14. She's a little, she's not a little girl. Gosh, I keep, I keep saying that, but she's <laughs> to me, right? She's my baby. So she's 14. And then we have a dog and what else? Um, we live in North Carolina Okay. and yeah, so I do all the mom things and then some other things like writing and speaking. And so, yeah, but, but we have a, we have a tight family of five. So um really, really obsessed with my family. Like I'm sure all of your listeners are, and we have a lot of fun and we, you know, fight sometimes and um just journey through this life together and just um trying to stay eye to eye and all of those kinds of things. So Took my first son to college this last yeah. year, which was, yeah, that was a new season and always learning. Like you never are, are, are done. I think <laughs> you're never through parenting. Right. So did he yeah. play football? Did I see he played football somewhere? Yes. Yes. He plays, he plays college football. And so that yeah. too was a different experience. Yeah. 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 That's intense. It, yeah. It was intense. And I talked to him off a ledge many times because, you know, they go and and they just um, have to experience all of the sort of being low totem pole. All of the things are great for like personal humility and growth and all that. But it's tough to see your child go through. But you also know that you're not meant to rescue and all that. So, yeah, we we both grew up together this year. And so. It was good, but it was hard. So, you know, it was kind of that new step in the parenting process that you've never been through before that you go through with your first. And so I, I felt like a new mom in many ways, just going through this new phase that I yet again, didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, when, for the, the young gal listening, who's entering this motherhood journey, is there one piece of advice you could give her? Like now that you're nearing the end of it, um, those young days, any regrets or gratitude, things that you were glad you did? Oh man. Well, I think, you know, for that, for that young mom, I would say, well, first I, I know what, I know where you, where you are. And, um, I think those days I felt like a failure so much. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was the worst mom. I think I felt like I, my kid wasn't going to be okay. Like I wasn't doing it right. 
And so I think I would tell her to give herself a lot of, a lot more grace than she's giving herself right now. Um, and, and really just realize that, um, she's probably doing the very best she knows how to do. And that's going to go really far that the love is going to take her a lot farther than she realizes. And, um, yeah. And so, and really just the, just staying with your child and parenting, making that commitment to just parent through, I think, you know, sometimes as the kids get, you know, maybe, I don't know, 13, 14, maybe they turn even 16. We think, oh, you know, they're sort of past so much because they can bathe themselves and they can do all <laughs> And, you know, the reality is, is, you know, we, we still have to be actively parenting just like we did when they were little. Mm-hmm. It looks very, very different. But I found that really staying in there with them is so important. Because um, that way, I mean, they want to stay with you and making family fun is um, just a huge priority for us. I know Uh, and we don't always do it well. So please don't hear me say this from some crazy pedestal that (laughs) I mean that I'm that I'm not on. Okay, we've made so many, many, many failures. But um one thing that we're real committed to is making the family fun because I think when the family, I think that's one thing we miss as parents. We don't realize that the family needs to have a balance of fun and really solid parenting because you can do both. And when you do both, it's amazing how often your children will choose to hang out with you, you Mm. know, not always given, okay, they're still going to want their friends. But they really will. Like our our college son, he really likes to still hang out with us, and I marvel at every every time. I'm like, really? I can't believe you still like us. But okay, we're we're still here. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just a lot in there. But man, I'm in the trenches too. So um, <laughs> well, and right? when you say hold on to that love, you know that's going to do a lot for your kids. I think when we hold this high bar of performance for our kids, for ourselves, feel like failures. We get so caught up in that performance that we miss the love and the fun and the laughter. You know, it's like, I know I get to that intense, when I'm in those intense places and I've heard some podcast or read some book that I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z, and these guys just aren't falling in line, I start resenting them and hating myself and it just does not does not feed the family well. So uh, I I like those love and laughter. That's what I heard from you. So that's good. That's good. Um, You and I have shared a uh, circumstance recently um, in that we both lost daddies this year and good ones because there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, not all daddies are great daddies, but we had some good daddies who sought Jesus and loved us well. And I don't know about your dad, but my dad did love to laugh. So both of them, I don't know, followed your advice and uh, it's hard and circumstances just show up and, I'm sure the mom listening has had some sort of circumstance, may not be the death of a loved one, but it's something that's rocked her core, whether it's job loss or uh, sickness or, you know, just being on Facebook and you look and all your friends are, you know, there's so many GoFundMes and the news around the world and we just feel a little unstable and feel weak. I don't know. That's where I go to. I feel weak and we can tell ourselves, I don't know if I can do one more day. I just can't. We'll say, I just can't. And so from what you've learned and what you've been studying and what you've written about in your new book, Put Your Warrior Boots On, 
where does our strength truly come from? Like, where do yeah. we, when we just feel weak and feel under it all? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you're talking about something that's universal because, you know, I mean, I, I, I will give full, full disclosure, you know, I, I think, um, I'm a, I'm sort of a type A personality. I think people see me as a strong personality, but I've often said, you know, sometimes in outward strength masks a lot of inward angst. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, I, I think sometimes I've wanted to, you know, shout from the rooftops, like, I know you see me as strong, but I have these deep, deep feelings that, um, I think sometimes people don't really see so much. Um, but, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a mother, and so I have those same thoughts and feelings. How am I going to protect my children? There's so much bad news, you know. And like you said, you know, when my father, when I watched my father for months and months because he had a rare um, brain disorder, it was a, a central nervous system mm. um, disorder called PSP, which is very rare. It's progressive supernuclear palsy. Mm. And we didn't know what he had. We just knew that two years ago he started walking with a shuffle and um, we, we, we really misunderstood it. You know, we didn't know what it was and it's, it's kind of, kind of like a Lou Gehrig's kind of like a, um, uh, like a Parkinson's, but it's, it's that disease where, you know, my father was this stronger, bigger than life man. And I've been a daddy's girl since forever. I mean, I was, he was my hero. And, um, to watch him, this strong man who, who just, you know, was literally, you know, a hunter, a boxer, a you know, I mean, the epitome of this, of strength to eventually be lying in a hospice bed. He couldn't comb his own hair. He couldn't feed himself. You know, that, I just, I'll be honest with you, that, that takes more than a strong personality type to be able to go through. Yeah. You know, you can't look at a daddy and you can't love a daddy that long and just be strong enough. You know, I mean, you just can't. And we can't go through the things in life. You know, I have a, a girlfriend who's teenage son went to heaven a few years ago. You know, she's a strong woman, but you can't do that just being strong or just being brave. And that's what I write about. That is what I write about even in chapter one of the book, because the first declaration is I am able. And, you know, I think one of our biggest obstacles as, as women and as moms and, and just in general as men too, is feeling that we're even able to do this, that we're able to walk through life strong. So I don't want people to misunderstand and think, wow, I'm just some, you know, big, you know, bold Betty who walks, (laughs) you know, I just walk through life just ready to take it on. Are you kidding me? Right. All in your own strength. Yeah. No, no way. I mean, I'm not, I'm just not. And in fact, in the, in the, in the intro of the book, I talk about being on an airplane and almost, and having like this panic attack and, Mm. You know, I wrote the book because I heard about the conversations we're having on Facebook. And I, I sat with girlfriends over coffee. And as I would travel to speak in all these places, or, you know, across the country, I mean, we're all much more alike than what we think. We're having the same kind of, of, of worries and, and really panic and reaction. And I thought, okay, I just feel like we're, we can live better than this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, what, what I write about is, look, 
you know, our human brave and our human strength has an expiration date to it. And so we can try to like brave ourselves into something. But at the end of the day, you know, some days we're going to feel really good and strong. I mean, we're going to wake up and feel like we can tackle the day. And then some days, and it might even be in the, in the, in the span of the same day, right? Like <laughs> yeah, hour, the same hour, yeah, and the yeah. same hour. We're in a fetal position in our closet, you know, crying our eyes out over the hot mess that we are and the world is. And how can we protect our children? I mean, it's going to take more than that. And so I talk about the fact that this is about being Jesus strong. This is about, and that's not just like a phrase that I've come up with. That's <laughs> I mean, this is like, seriously, God tells us to be that we are able, not because of us, not because I've got a strong personality type, but this is for anybody. This is for the most, the person that feels the very weakest in the room. It's because of his confidence in himself, Mm -hmm. not because of his confidence in us. And it talks in Ephesians 1 about how God is literally the highest overall, and he's never going to give up that position, right? So he is literally the most powerful over all this earth. And because of who we are as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's adopted us. And because of that, we're to walk through this life in the understanding and of the covering of the authority of God. And so what I see, though, is us walking and living below our spiritual potential. And so we are we are reacting in this world sort of in like this unstrategy, right? So we have this unstrategy of panic and reaction that every time something happens in the news, we just are going to react to it. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And that's no way to live because, Heather, what we do in that is we pass that on unknowingly sometimes even to our children that we begin to live this like sort of panicked life and we live very small because we don't want anything to happen because we love so hard. And, and at the end of the day, we just really don't trust that God is that authority and, and we are in and under that covering. And so I want us to live different and to move from panic and reaction to preparedness which, by the way, that's not my idea. That, that's the Bible. Yeah. The Bible is a book of preparation. That's what it is. It's a conversation about here's what you do before the time comes. Not, hey, when the time comes, do this. It's before the time comes, this is how you prepare your life. And so really, the this book is just sort of putting it in this very practical terms. Warrior Boots is just an analogy of strength. That's all I want to impart to the reader. You're able and you're ready but it's not because you feel ready. Jesus doesn't ask us to feel ready. He asks us to be ready. Mm-hmm. And that's a very big distinction because I didn't feel ready all those months that I watched my father die and slip from me. And I'm glad that it wasn't about my feelings because if it was about my feelings, I would have never felt ready. Never. Right. But it was about being ready. And that's about a commitment. And that's different because that evens the playing field for any personality type to be able to do. So good. And for me too, I felt like being with God and walking with him prior to life circumstances being hard, I didn't realize how much he was preparing me, how much he was pouring into me uh, those years and even even to the point of he was kind of drawing me to a deeper level to meet with Jesus, um, healing some of some past wounds. And uh, my intimacy with Jesus had grown to a level it had never been in my whole life of being in the church and 
um, having read my Bible and praying, I, I just a new level of literally sitting, closing my eyes and being with Jesus. And then, and also praying with women. He had this ministry show up in my life that year before my dad passed away, where I was praying with women and helping them meet with Jesus at a deeper level and, and helping heal their, you know, pointing them to Jesus so he could heal their wounds. And those women were the first women to then, when I was walking through hard things, that they showed up on my doorstep with meals, that they showed up at the hospital to pray. And so it's not that it's this transaction of, well, I'm going to pray and then God will give me this. It's I'm going to meet with Jesus because that's what I long for and leave all of the other parts up to him. Like leave all the other orchestration up to him. Um, Our small groups walking through recovery. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but that's new to you, Lisa. Uh, So we're walking through recovery and a major part of a 12 step program is recognizing your limitedness. So I think what happens, like you said, in the unstrategy way not having a strategy, that panic and reaction is to, in our limitedness and our lack of power and our lack of insight, to come up with a plan, a battle strategy on the fly. And But what you're describing in this preparedness, in this warrior boots, is to access God's power, strength, unlimited knowledge, ability, um, strategic work, and to trust Him for all of that planning so we can lean on Him for for the outcome. Yeah. And it, you know, it's just interesting. We plan for, we plan for so many things, right? We yeah. plan for our careers. We plan our families. We plan even like we make house plans. We yeah. make, you know, we make vacation plans. We make all kinds of plans. The interesting thing is we really don't make like a spiritual plan for mm. our life. Yeah. And I think there's a part of us that feel like, well, that takes sort of like this organic spiritual experience out of it. And listen, there's nobody more than me that loves the idea and the, and the understanding as you read the Bible that you can't put our God in a box. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I mean, I love the God uh, of the freestyle and the God of miracles and the God of just um, power and free flowing and Holy Spirit and there is that to me, that is the most, I, I just love that. I love the, the idea that God is the God of surprises and all of that. Here's the thing though. We, we prepare our life to be holy and clean and, and, and pure before him. Um, and I talk about this a lot in chapter eight, where I say, prepare, present and practice. It's sort of a formula from, from the book of Peter, where I say like, um, you, 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 you prepare your life and you present it and then you practice it over and over again. And when we do that and when we put our life in that shape, we actually then create a vessel that God can be freestyle and work yeah. through in just an organic way. And so, yes, God is not a God that you can put in a box. I agree completely. Let's not, you know, let's not put any parameters on him. But that has nothing to do with the way we prepare our life. And so it always, you know, it, it amazes me about me, how many things I prepare for and how many, how I just want to sort of wing it with my spiritual life. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And, and I'm not one of those people that it follows plans to the letter. And, you know, it's always, it always, it's always funny to me when someone asks me writing advice, they're like, now, <laughs> how, 
how do you like write a book and, yeah. you know, do you do, I'm the worst person to ask because <laughs> I literally have zero, like I have great nuggets, but I don't have a great, if you want like A, B, C, and D, I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> I just don't I, write I get that. I'm that way too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but when it, but when it comes to my spiritual life, I realized that I have to do more than just winging it. Listen, a crazy hard world. This is what I say in the book. And I really believe this. A crazy hard world calls for a crazy, strong Jesus follower. And if we are are just wanting to wing it, we want to just, if we want to use the footwear analogy, want to just throw on some flip flops and walk through this world on rough terrain up the hills. It's not going to cut it. The world is too nuts for that. And, you know, we can be upset about that. We can hide behind, you know, hide under a blanket. We can like try to want to have like an easier conversation. I mean, I know we don't want to talk about it, but what I, what I really want to encourage the listeners and and the readers is to look, I want us to talk about it so that we're prepared because when we prepare our lives, we do ourselves a favor because we settle our lives. We give, we have peace in our lives. We just go through life with a different kind of perspective and it's, it's doing the work up front so that we can enjoy our lives in a different way. And I really believe that that order brings that in a different yeah. way. I like how you described the two, like getting ourselves ready so then God can be free form to work. It reminds me of David making the plans and Solomon building the temple and they had this structure and they're really specific on how it is. And they use the best artisans yeah. and then God dwells in there and he moves and he does his thing. And then we learn in the New Testament that we are that temple and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And we need to spend the time on our structure so that God can then move within us and use us to interact with those around us. Um, so for the gal listening who wants that, she wants that structure, what does that look like? You know, these warrior boots, how how do we like practically put those on when you say don't put on the flip-flops, put on the warrior boots and have a plan? What would that look like for her? Well, I mean, I, I think she's, you know, I think a, a good start is is to just, you know, understand that and, and really decide make a choice because, you know, choice is and commitment over feelings is everything. And I think sometimes we wait, especially in this culture, we wait on the feelings. We say, okay, well, when I feel it, I'll do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'll put my warrior boots on when I sort of feel strong one day, actually don't do that at all because you're going to wait for years and years and years, or you may wait your whole life, you know? Um, this is something that we deal with, with, with young, you know, with teenagers, especially and young adults in culture. But I think adults do this too. Like we wait on that. So I would say like, you know, today just make a choice. I want to have a better strategy for living. I, I want to, you don't have to feel it today. That's the good news. You just ha- you don't have to feel able today. You don't have to feel ready today. You just have to say, I want to feel able. I want to feel ready. And, you know, realize that, you know, in that choice, there is, there are some, some things that, that you can do to, to really help yourself. I mean, I talk about um, the eight declarations in the book, which I believe are the way to make your life Jesus strong. And, um, one of them is is knowing what you believe. I think knowing what you believe is very, 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 very important. So, I mean, the things that I feel are the most important are things I'm sure you talk about on your podcast all the time. 
diving into the word of God, which I know for young moms is really, really tough because you're juggling the baby on your hip. You're juggling, you know, trying to, you're sleep deprived, all of those things that are really, really tough. It's tough for all of us to to find time to be with God. But, you know, the word is our vehicle to survive. And, you know, it's, 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 it's not, we don't do it for charity work. We do it because it has all of the answers for our life, you know? So we dive into the word and, and, and we, and we pray because really prayer is, is something that fortifies our life. And then we put ourselves in positions to see God's transformative work, which I talk about in the book that I find very important. And what I mean by that is, you know, at, at a certain point, we just have to say, God, I'm going to put myself in this position today where I can see you do something through me that I'm not able to do myself. Mm. Um, And that is, there's something powerful in that. And we can start small. Maybe it is something out of your comfort zone that you don't normally do. And that might be even taking cookies to a neighbor because you're shy and that's not your natural personality. But you go and do that. Because it puts yourself in a position to see God empower you to be able to say, hi, I'm here. I'm your neighbor. I just want to love you by bringing you some cookies. And, you know, and, and here's, you know, I don't know, you give them, you know, a book or you give them or you invite them to church or whatever the case may be. It, it doesn't have to be going right away and, and feeding the homeless. But I'm saying put yourself in a position to see God do something through you that you can't do yourself. And maybe and that, for that young mom. It might be just bringing up Jesus in her home. Maybe she's wanted to read the Jesus Storybook Bible with her kids, but just hasn't felt equipped or able or um, her parents never read the Bible to her. And what's that going to look like? But to just put it out there and try and see what God does and how her kids surprise her in their response. Yes, that's absolutely true. And, and, you know, and, and maybe it's, you know, it, it might be if you have even older kids sometimes, you know, 10, 12 years old and you're only praying at the dinner table over dinner. Maybe you say, hey, guys, let's go in the living room and for 10 minutes, let's just say something that's on your heart and let's just say a quick prayer. And that's scary for a lot of people because we're not, you know, our family isn't used to it. But there's something powerful in sharing those needs with each other. I don't know what it is for you. I'm just mm-hmm. saying something, you yeah. know, stepping out and doing something. I agree with that prayer thing. I was surprised. I mean, I've prayed for my boys before they go to bed. It's kind of like one of our things where they even <laughs> even if I'm going to leave the house like for a girl's night or something, I'm leaving before nighttime and they're like, Mom, pray for me before you go. But the other night I tried, well, I'm going to ask them if they want to pray. And that was a new thing. And, right. you know, it's risky because then you are worried, what if they don't like to pray? What if, what if I raise non-prayers? And my <laughs> sweet five-year-old prayed something over me that ministered to me. Mm. Like, whatever, God, what are you doing using the voice of a five-year-old to speak truth to my heart? I mean, I couldn't, I can't even put words to what it felt like. So, yes, I love that, putting ourselves in a position to let God surprise us because we, again, in our limitedness can think that we're not, or this isn't possible, or I'm not going to try that. Maybe it's bringing up a conversation with a spouse. Um, you just, you know, like, I love that. Put yourself in a position. And with these eight declarations, how do you see someone using those? What does that look like? Well, well I think, you know, I think it, 
each one of them, you know, has a thorough explanation, obviously, in every chapter of what it means. So I think on, you know, when you see, well, first of all, I think that declaring things over our life is really powerful because if you think about words in our home or words we say to ourselves, um, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of words that fly through our minds and fly in our, in the walls of our home every day. And some of them aren't positive. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, if we watch TV or, you know, w- YouTube words or, you know, whatever, there's just a lot of words that come through the walls of our home. Um, certainly that float in our minds. And I think making declarations over our life, there's something powerful about it. I mean, if you read throughout the Bible, but I'm thinking particularly in Psalm, there's, there's a um, Psalm 42 and 43 where the psalmist writes, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. It's, it's speaking hope to, to themselves. You know, mm-hmm. David had a, a regular practice of this. And I think there is something about speaking declarations to our soul of what we will do, um, you know, sort of definitives that we're making over our life. You know, I am able, uh, I will know what I believe. I will tell the truth. I will rise up and stand firm. I will go on record. I will choose God. I will follow God forever. And I am ready, which are the eight declarations of the book. But these are things that I, I mean, I really prayed over these. I really thought through these. And as I wrote this book, I literally prayed that God, that the Holy Spirit would infuse every, would, would infuse the readers with strength as they were reading every single page and every single declaration. Because these are things that I think are so important in this day and time. These are all things for a reason that I believe the Bible teaches us. These aren't Lisa's ideas. <laughs> these are just declarations that I put sort of in my own words yeah. that I think that are really, really important that we do. But, you know, I will choose God. That comes from Deuteronomy 30, from Moses' famous speech that says, listen, choose to do three things, love, obey, and commit. Choosing God is something that we have to do if we're going to walk strong through this life. So these are all, these are, these are biblical principles and, you know, we don't need to be overwhelmed by them. There are things that we can, we can all do regardless of our season of life, regardless of where we are. And they're really going to come down to choice and commitment over feelings and staying tethered tight with God. And I find that when we do that, it's amazing how many other things fall into place. Well, if the scripture says to take every thought captive, it's when we have those feelings that lead to thoughts that are, that are lies um, of I'm weak. I can't do this one more day. If we can stop ourselves, be aware of that lie that's recurring and have this declaration ready that we've studied through reading your reading your book and you have sections after each chapter where they can do some study of God's word related to each declaration. So all of that's there summarized in a little short phrase um, that they can, that you can repeat and keep your mind steadfast on truth. Um, and then that feeling will follow that truth and you yeah. can tra- change your feelings from the negative thought patterns to a positive thought patterns based on the truth of God's word rather than, than the lie of, of circumstances and feelings. It, it makes me think of, you know, for the gal who's like, that's great to say I'm able and I can think it in my head and I can say it, but my heart isn't feeling it because faith and trust 
um, don't come easily for me because I have a history of disappointment and distrust in people, and I just put that on God. I don't trust God. I don't faith in God. And it makes me think of that little that little prayer, help my unbelief. Yes, yes. And I, you know, I often say that. I actually, I think I even put that in the book. I'm not sure, but I think I did because that's something I say a lot when I speak. I think that's a powerful thing yeah. to do that you're talking about from Mark 9 where the, the father prayed that about his son who had the demon inside. I don't believe. Help my unbelief. I think that is a prayer that God honors mm-hmm. because when we say, help my unbelief, and we really mean it in, in our heart, you know, that that's a seeking prayer. That's a that's a um, a prayer that says, I need help. Um, and, and, you know, Jesus is, is not up there, you know, counting off, you know, how, how awesome we are or how many things we do right, or, you know, where we are on the spiritual scale, you know, that those are things that we measure as people. Those are the ways we, we get on ourselves. And I, listen, I'm, I'm a skeptic by nature. I don't, I don't think that fancy phrases are going to change anybody. So (laughs) please don't, you know, don't hear me, you know, don't, don't think that I don't mull these things over myself. I'm not trying to sell somebody on some kind of fancy idea here. I just know from my own life that, you know, we have to get to a point in our life where we say, I'm going to make a choice Mm -hmm. and I, I have to choose because the other option, I mean, I can, I can live the other option, right? Like I can walk through my life and I can say, well, that's okay. But you know, I just trust doesn't come easily. Listen, I have a struggle with trust myself. I I was raised in a pastor's family and from an early age, and I've written about this. Even when my father went to heaven, I wrote a post about this. Um, You know, I, I struggle with trusting people because I learned from an early on, from an early age that you know, not everybody in the church had right motives and it, Mm -hmm. and it crushed my little girl's heart because I, I just loved, I loved church people. And when I realized that they didn't all love me, they didn't all love my daddy, I thought, Oh goodness. And then, you know, my father went through major ministry crisis. And so do you know that the last thing that I ever wanted to do was write books? and stand (laughs) on pages? I mean, for real, Heather, I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you putting know, yourself out there again for more people. Right. But, yep. Yep. Yeah. So I don't do this because I think it's cute and fun and fancy <laughs> I do because God is everything to me mm-hmm. and he's the only thing in this life that makes sense. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I wrote, I want God because I was about to quit everything because the only way I knew to get better was to literally just cry out and say, I want you, God, you've got to consume me more than my life currently is. So I want everybody to know that I write this from a place of not strength, but of weakness and total dependence on God. And when I say put your warrior boots on, I'm talking to myself. I'm saying, girl, you're going to have to strap up because this world's hard and you can choose to live and feel defeated all the time, or you can choose to be stronger than that. And I want to be stronger than that. And I want to raise my children to walk through this life because at a certain point, they're not going to have me. I'm not going to be able to manage their schedule. I'm not going to be able to protect them from everything. And so, you know, I want this manual to live on with them so they know how to do it when I'm, when I'm long gone, you know? Yeah, it makes, I was just uh, studying up for a lesson. I'm going to teach some girls this weekend, some little girls on Colossians 3, and it says, put on. Uh, and it lists all these things. And before it says put on like three times. Um, 
which mm. is a Greek word in itself for that whole phrase. And uh, it's clothing yourself. We're choosing it. It's, it's not of us. It's something we're putting on. We're choosing. Like you said, it's a choice. Like just I'm standing in my closet. It's really messy right now, but I chose to put on the clothes I have on today. I chose these sandals because it's kind of hot in Texas, but I chose them and yes. I could have made a, a different choice. Um, and God allows that freedom to make that choice. But even in that Colossians three, he's saying there's a new self that's available where you can be in the image of your creator and you can be like me. And, and this is a choice I'm offering to you. Um, it also says in Colossians three, there's, uh, two sets and two lets. You can set your heart and you can set your mind and you can let the peace of God rule your heart and you can let God's word um, consume your mind, you know? So we can decide, we can choose and That's or right. we can go by the way of of the culture and of our circumstances. So I think, Lisa, you are providing a great resource here in this book for the gal who's feeling weak, who's being led by her feelings, who's in some hard circumstances to be girded up, to be emboldened by God's word and um, by the truth of his word. So we appreciate you taking the time to write it out, sharing your stories, sharing your hard places with us so that we can all be Jesus strong. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I love being with you. And yes, absolutely. I wrote it for her. I wrote it for me. I wrote it for all of us. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, where can people find you online if they want to follow you some more? Okay. Yeah. Well, so lisawittle.com is sort of like, you know, soup to nuts of blog and <laughs> speaking schedule and all the books and stuff. And then, um, certainly if they want to know about the book, warriorbootsbook.com. And then it's kind of fun for your listeners, a couple of free things okay. if they're interested. So, um, on my website, there is a free, um, five day Bible study called Jesus strong. And they uh, can totally sign up for that. That's right there on my website. They can find that. Um, it's called Jesus strong and that gives them maybe a little taste of what the book is. And then also, um, in regards to the book, if they want to get a taste of it, they're not sure if they want to, um, order it yet or not. They can actually text to their phone to the phone number four, four, two, two, two. I know it doesn't sound like a phone number, but it is. So <laughs> yeah. text, Text 44222 and text the word Warrior Boots. Um, they'll get a little message that says hi. And if they put in their email address, they will be sent a link to download for free the intro and chapter one of the book. And they can begin reading like right after they listen to this podcast if they want. Super so, cool. What a gift. Yeah, they I can do that. that. Yeah. I love that. I love free stuff. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> free stuff is the best. And this summer, there's so much opportunity to read and uh, get ready for the next school year. So that's a great idea. Thank you so much. All right. You take care. Enjoy having your college boy home. Oh, thank you. Things. Yes, I love being here. Oh, and one more thing. Oh, yeah, Heather. please. By the way, in the in the book is also a um, study guide. So like you said, oh, there's, right. a, yeah. there's, there's a complete study guide in the book. If anybody wants to do it as a group and online at warriorbootsbook.com, there are nine videos that are 10 minute videos that um, are give intro to each chapter. So yes. every chapter has a video and it's totally free. So if anybody wants to do it themselves, they can watch the videos or go through it with a group. It's all totally free. So a little, uh, another fun resource for anybody. It's all in one uh, book and a book 
study. Yeah, it's great. At the end of each chapter, it literally yeah. walks you through a 10, 10, 35. So yep. 10 minutes to kind of hang out and get to know each other. 10 minutes to watch the video. 35 minutes for discussion. Yeah. That's good. So helpful. I like when other people do work for me. Favorite <laughs> thing. Yep. All, All right. right. Thank you, Lisa, so much. Thank so you, Heather. Fun. It's been fun. All right. We'll talk soon. Are you pumped up? You ready to be Jesus strong and make declarations and choose to believe, not based on feeling, that God is for you and he is enough and he is capable? And are you ready for the summer of mentorship? So basically, uh, you don't have to do anything. But I just am giving you the heads up. In December and July, if you're a newer listener, I have the last few years done encore episodes to kind of give myself a break when the boys are home or the holidays in December. Um, it helps me not to have to schedule all the interviews. It gives me a little um, respite and it also is a great way if there's older episodes that I know are awesome, but not everyone's listened to them, I can give you a chance to try them out out. So I thought I would curate six episodes of wise mentor women that you may not select if you were scrolling through the list of episodes because you don't recognize their name. But if you listen to them, you will be just filled up and equipped. And just like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like Lightning McQueen, (laughs) you will be uh, helped to be the best version of yourself, their perspective, their insight based on their experiences will just lift you up where you are in your season of motherhood. So keep an eye out for that. Um, it's also, I was thinking if it's six weeks, that's typically how long our podcast club curriculum is. So I was thinking with re-releasing these episodes, adding discussion questions for each one to the show notes, and then just pulling all those together to a PDF that you could download. So if you've been looking to maybe do a podcast club, but you were just kind of nervous to start, this might be a good time because the new episodes will release, the episodes will release in a six-week pattern, and you could just meet every week at the pool with your people at the park, Splash Park. I don't know what it's like over here. It's super duper hot. So if you're outside, it's because you're in the water. But maybe you live up north and you can just go to a park and chat while your kids play. And you don't get to do that year-round. Anyhow, if you're interested in either one of those, if you want to get the show notes straight into your email inbox, go to godcentermom.com and on the sidebar, there's a place for your email to go and you can select weekly show notes or and or you can select the podcast club to get links to that curriculum in like a two-page PDF. Hopefully I made all that <laughs> clear enough for y'all. Y'all are amazing. I'm always in shock when someone sends me a screenshot of the show being in the top 10. That's all because of you. You send me messages saying these guests are changing your motherhood, they're changing your relationship with God, that you are leaning on him more, and that is only because of him. So grateful for what God is doing in you and through you to the people around you, humbled to be a part of your story. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for just sharing with your friends when you are at that park and saying, hey, have you listened to this episode? It really encouraged me. Because why not share encouragement? It's my favorite thing. Favorite thing to connect people with something awesome uh, that has helped me. Okay, that is all for today. Hope you all have a fabulous, fabulous week. Adios. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.